I am in a unique position and I also bring a unique perspective because I'm not a lifelong banker. I come from experience in multiple industries, including retail and manufacturing. I've done a lot of inventory control, which really is banking in a nutshell is very, very robust inventory control. Welcome in everybody. You're listening to Wrestling Payments, a podcast where we help payment professionals contend with the challenges of modernizing their payments operations and identifying ways to build for the future. If you're interested in payments innovation and modernization, you're in the right place. Now, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Payments, the official podcast of Nietzsche, the New England Automated Clearinghouse. My name is Joe Casale and I'll be your host. As many of you know, Wrestling Payments deals with today's most pressing payment issues and how the industry is, is responding. Today I'm delighted to welcome Linda Cooper, Vice President, Senior Operations Manager for Gorham Savings. Linda, I'd like to ask you to introduce you yourself, but before I do that, me just we're, we're really excited here. We're celebrating 50 years, and I was very excited about that until I did some research on you, and I saw that Gorm Savings, about five years ago, was celebrating 150 years uh, at the, your anniversary. Wow, congratulations. So if you introduce yourself, could you, could you tell me a little bit about how a bank is in banking for 150 years? Thanks. Hi, Joe. I'm Linda Cooper and been with the bank for about 10 years out of the 150 plus. Yeah. And I think, you know, it produces a lot of pride, a sense of commitment. I like to think that we present that to our, you know, to our banking partners and customers. You know, you feel like it's sort of rock solid. You know, you have this image in your head of, of a bank, you know, in the big brick building and the big columns and everything. And when you could say you've been in, in business for more than 150 years, you know, it, it, it supports that image in your mind. It's akin to like a long marriage. I've been married 37 years and I, and I had the same feelings about my marriage. You know, I'm really proud of the fact that it's been that long and uh, it's a solid commitment. And so all good things. And I think, you know, it's, it creates a sense of trust that you're going to mm -hmm. be around for another 150. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was like 150 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. So on to my new questions. So we had the uh, pleasure of working together on a white paper that Nietzsche produced. It was called the new role of operations. Can you tell us, well, tell the audience, I know, can you tell the audience a little bit about the most relevant parts of that, that paper? What did you, because I, I, you did a ton of work on that. I know you did a lot of editing and you did, pulled it all together. Just what, what would you, any insights you have would be great. Well, it's interesting to kind of be looking back at it now because we were right in the midst of COVID and COVID was like a new thing and it was creating all kinds of challenges and opportunities and the paper really captured a lot of that. It's interesting to kind of consider how, how it might have been different had we not been in that in that particular space. But I think like today, literally today, I think fraud is, we look at fraud in a lot of different places, but Fraud really highlights collaboration. It just becomes more and more everybody's involved in prevention and de detection. All of the new payment rails have 
rules and, you know, just more and more involvement in that area. So I think that just remains relevant to everybody that uh, has any kind of involvement with niche and payments in general. While this paper didn't really focus too, too much on that, I think it's a really relevant part. And then also sort of something new I've been thinking about is sort of backwards innovation, meaning review as as things slow down, right? The economy slowing down, interest rates are up. We're seeing a a lot of us are seeing a decrease in volume of, you know, loan activity or whatever. I think that it's a prime opportunity to really review the usage of existing software to make sure you're leveraging all the functionality that's there. A lot of us implement systems and for a specific reason or to cover a specific thing. And, oh, we'll get to that later, you know, the new stuff. And then later never comes. And so I think that to formalize that a little bit and create the bandwidth and and get the right people around the table to really look at those things to see what we're missing, because we're already paying for these systems. And everybody's gung-ho about fintechs and new things that are coming out. But a lot of times, I think there's a lot of value in what we already have that we forgot about along the way. Yeah, no, that's really fascinating. Um, I'm not really a fraud guy, but Me neither. every day, yeah, every day there's a fraud story. Every day there's someone who asks, well, what about, you know, what about the, you know, we have a lot of new payments. What about uh, faster payments and faster fraud? It's fascinating. Right. Sean and I just had a conversation and I, I certainly have prepared script. We'll go back to it. But uh, Sean and I just had a conversation he spoke yesterday at the, I'm going to get this wrong, the International Association of Fraud Investigators. And, you know, wow. you and I, yeah, you and I are, are I, well, you're a banker. I support banking and credit unions and payments specifically. But this audience was detectives, law enforcement. And the things we take for granted as far as, you know, how do you know the party's in a wire? You know, where do you go? Who do you ask for the parties in a wire? Fed now was speaking and they were wondering if the Fed would provide them information about transactions. It's like, no, that's, that's going to be the bank. So it's really interesting when you look at payments from a different angle, right. who needs to know what. Um, and that balance between, you know, securing people's information, transactional and otherwise, right? And being able to stay one step ahead of the, the, you know, all the really smart people that are out there doing bad things, as many doing bad things as there are those of us trying to prevent the bad things and do the good things, right? There's a yeah. lot of smart people you have to stay ahead of. It's, it's a constant, it's a constant race for sure. It's crazy. I don't know if you heard, I think it was a local story, but um, on the drive in today, someone actually robbed and it, it must have been a, a truck just kind of parked somewhere. Someone robbed the truck. And in the truck was a million dimes. They stole about $100,000 in dimes. So, you know, yes, the bad guys wow. are always looking for another way to, to you know, steal, rob, catch up, defraud. Yeah, dimes. They stole dimes. That must have been a lot of work. I can't even imagine. And they found dimes, you know, they, they deserted some of the dimes in the parking lot and just made off with uh, a million dimes. It's All like right, a movie. Uh, <laughs> crazy. The, the great dime 
robbery. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So back to the paper, which I, I you know, I thought was uh, a great time for that paper. We at, at Meech have been focusing on payment modernization for a really long time. And just like you said, trying to get your focus on things uh, until COVID, it was really a back burner thing. And the innovation that happened within COVID was, was fascinating. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a decision. It was, how do we get the same things done remotely right. that we, we do every day? So it was, it was a great time. Uh, a lot of insights in that paper. The paper is going to be available on the, the Meech podcasts website. Uh, so if you want to get a look at that, you can download it. So as I think of the papers and the reason association decided, again, it's all about monetization. And we talk about payment channels, some of the payment channels, you know, your, your bank has been in business for 150 years. There was no ACH back then. Checks go back to the 1720s. Wires, you know, the name wire comes from the fact that they ran over a telegraph wire. So they, it, they've modernized. The other things that have modernized today, the world's, you know, and this became really relevant during that COVID time, APIs and the apps that are used by banks today to make it easy to connect those systems. As we think about modernization, I can imagine looking at all the systems because you have systems, again, 150 years, you have systems that have been there for a long time, not 150 years. Not many. But Yes, <laughs> but it became a, you know, pre prior to this became the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but it wasn't until COVID that the whole system became squeaky. Any thoughts on, on all of that? Well, I think during COVID, especially the utilization of all those modern channels ramped up, you know, they were under more pressure as uh, people were, the transactions were using those rails and bad actors were honing their skills on those rails as well. So it's only a question of time before new things are the new focus. And when they get bored, they go back to checks and wires, right? And so dimes. It's, yeah, and dimes. <laughs> and so you can't really forget. It's not like they actually move. They just keep you scrambling. So I think that there's a lot of faith involved that these systems are all going to work the way that they should and the way that we expect them to. And it's, an, it's challenging to kind of anticipate what could happen, both, you know, perpetrated by frauders, fraudsters, or just things breaking, things not working as expected, you know, having internet outages or power outages that, have, that affect, you know, just a small area or larger areas. So I think it opens up a whole new sort of way of thinking about things. You know, COVID kind of threw us into this environment where we had to scramble to, as you put it, you know, stay in business, keep doing the things that we were doing. And it was a bit of a gift, if you will, that it's, you know, people, we survived it. And so people mm -hmm. that just would not consider, couldn't wrap their heads around any kind of changes to how we do things, removing paper from the process, doing things electronically. All of a sudden we did it and we're like, oh, you know, wow, yep. it, that works pretty well. And so it, it increased appetite, I think, for change in a way that I'm not sure anything else would have done um, mm -hmm. because we all, you know, were forced into it. Now, that's not to say that there aren't people that went right back to their paper files and they're so happy to be printing things. But a vast majority of us 
I think, got on that bandwagon, which, you know, has changed the, you know, the, the appetite, the environment for innovation, not mm -hmm. just with fintechs and modernized payment rails, as we're all talking about, and how do you manage them, and how do you sell them, and how do you choose, and all of those questions, but also just in terms of other process improvements, where, you know, one of the teams I run is is a is a content management team and we do a lot of, you know, reporting and system integration and process improvement, trying to squeeze little bits of time out of things in order to make things more efficient, looking not for the big giant things, but the little small incremental changes. And mm -hmm. we, we were in a position of really trying to convince people that we could have an impact, a positive impact. And now we find ourselves spending much more time managing all of the requests that are coming in for, can you look at this? And can we do something about this? And can you guys make us, you know, make this better? And so that's a really great problem to have is to have, you know, the desire sort of across the board at our organization to look at every little thing to try to make make us work smarter more efficiently has been has been one of the things that has happened as a result of moving so much towards systems right you can only write so fast you can only key so fast but with the with the modernization you know how can we better leverage these and it's almost like an ongoing process you have to do it continuous improvement i guess is really what it is in order to make sure that you're Always using, always thinking, never settling for, yeah, this is good enough. Always looking to see, is there a better way? And again, by using existing technology and the resources and brain power of, of this, your staff, the right staff, some people don't think that way. There's not a lot of investment in it either. It's not like you have to go out and buy systems, software that costs a lot of money. You're just turning something on or changing a process slightly in order to get a benefit from it. And again, going off script, we've talked before, and I just to give the listener or the viewer a bigger picture, you know, if they're not in banking, you guys are, you know, 150-year-old bank, but you're pretty progressive. I know you, you dip your foot in all the new technologies, and it's not on our, not on our plan talking points, but what's that like? You sounds, I mean, it sounds like you're super busy, which I think you may like. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I thought I joined the ACH, you know, 30 years ago and we were trying to get direct deposit accepted everywhere. And it's, it hasn't stopped evolving. Can you talk yep. about what, what it's like to be you? I, I know that's probably an odd question, but you're in a unique position. I am in a unique position and I also bring a unique perspective because I'm not a lifelong banker. I come from experience in multiple industries, including retail and manufacturing. I've done a lot of inventory control, which really is banking in a nutshell is very, very robust inventory control, right? But so I've, so I've seen systems and process improvement and done this same kind of work in other industries, which I think really lends itself because, you know, 
even if now after 10 years, I'm not as ignorant as I was about banking and regulations and all of the rules and the structure that is there for a reason and can't be, you know, can't be broken. I still go into it with sort of that beginner's mind. Like I, you know, throw caution and expense to the wind. What would be the best way to solve whatever problems in front of you? And it, that part of it really is a great sort of, you know, intellectual challenge puzzle to be solved rather than just spending time sort of memorizing all the rules and, you know, knowing all the things that you need to know and staying up on top of all of the, all of the reading in all the areas. You know, I work, you know, in a bunch of different operational areas. This one is the most creative where we can throw something out and then we rely on our community at the bank, the 150 years worth of, you know, sort of collective experience, which tends to be on the conservative side, which is probably another part of being in business for a long, long time. You know, mm-hmm. if you're really a big risk taker, you may not last for over 150 years in this industry. So yeah. we're very conservative. But you collaborate with everybody and then you find out, well, you know, your ideas are great, but we can't really do that because of this reg or because of this or that. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's that's a really cool sort of um, process that we've come to embrace Mm -hmm. is sort of let's be really, really creative about what we might be able to do. And then we'll pull it back in to make sure that it stays within all of the confines of what banking is today. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. But it's fun. It's really fun to be me. Mm -hmm. For sure. Excellent. (laughs) All right. Let's see. I have another question. Now, again, the the, uh, New World of Operations white paper talks a lot about innovation, but we're talking, and you mentioned that there are things that can be done in an institution with existing systems uh, to make a difference. Do you you want to talk about any examples of that? Yes, absolutely. So we... As anybody in banking knows, there's a lot of, you need customer authorization to make pretty much any change in the system. Not every single change. And everything doesn't have to be signed. The customer can reach out uh, on a recorded line or can reach out, you know, through secure messaging or whatever. So, but maintenance on customer accounts has to be done. It has to be reviewed. It has to be, you have to retain evidence of the of the authorization from the customer and and the review and all of it. And, you know, there's a ton of that. There's a ton of manpower and energy spent on uh, maintenance and maintenance review of all things. So what we had recently, we've talked about this in the past, but I think there wasn't the appetite for, for it in the past. So we would take an email, we take screenshots of things and email you know, the backup for maintenance to our deposit ops area. And they would then, based on the email, they do the maintenance, then they print the email. Used to actually print it. Now they print it to PDF and they put stamps on it and they archive it and all that stuff. So what we did recently was to utilize a customer note feature on our core system. So now instead of doing all that screenshotting and sending emails back and forth, they actually just go into the system and say, you know, this was changed based on this request. And then the other department can see it right there. They can say, oh, I've made this change. And then that maintenance 
stays with the customer account kind of in perpetuity. So it's always there when you're reviewing your maintenance, it's right there. So it's, it's cut down, well, between a couple of departments, somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half hours a day mm. between these wow. two on yep. average. It's a huge amount of time. Now, granted, you know, you may be talking two and a half hours across, you know, 10 people, but still, mm -hmm. nonetheless, it's a, it's a ton of time that was basically being wasted that we were able to capture with just simply implementing something that was there all along. Those are the kinds of things that really can pay off and that operations across all areas of any industry really should be looking at their systems to say, what, what is out there that I could do? Some things are not quite that easy, right? Mm -hmm. So some, you know, as you said, we've been on our core system for many, many years, like probably 30 or more years, something like wow. that. So over that time, there's new functionality that's introduced, right? So you may, you may have to go back and redo how you've been entering information into the system in order to take advantage of that new functionality. That's a whole different story than what I've just described, where mm -hmm. you simply just start doing it in a new way. So some things are a little more challenging and take a little bit more of a, an investment of time to put into place, you know, sort of reconfiguring how you enter information perhaps into a system in order to take advantage of a new feature. So there can be, there can be really good progress made in a very simple, easy way, as well as some things take a little bit more effort. So I just want to feed that back to you a little bit. And I'm curious, I always think of Excel when I, when I hear stories like this, because Excel can do anything, but people use it for lists or math or, or a spreadsheet, simple spreadsheet. And I'm curious. It's a different looking innovation. I love, I love technology and I love innovation, but this is really just looking at your systems and what they're capable of, which I'm, you know, it's a great story as far as innovation goes. Can you recall what, you know, I think we've all worked at places where that's the way we do it. We've always done it that way. And that's the way we do it. What was the trigger? What was the push that said, you know, this system can do more than we're using it for. Do you, can you recall? Do you know? Well, I think, again, I think a big part of it was COVID because mm -hmm. literally we turn on a dime on a day, in a single day, we like flip things up on their heads, right? Some organizations, I'm sure, had a harder time doing it. We already had some people using VPNs and so on and so forth. So it was really... It maybe was a little bit easier for us than for, for a financial institution that had nobody working remotely, for example, yeah. and didn't even have it a VPN in place or something like that. But I think also, so I think that that whole situation really was a catalyst for so much innovation and appetite for change where there had not been one before. And of course, as you start doing these things and showing them off and because a lot of people are like, I, I can't imagine you'll have to show me. So mm -hmm. we build it and then maybe I'll, you know, sign on. So we started doing that little bit by little bit. And then slowly but surely as people started seeing it, then they start having ideas. Oh, well, we could do this that way. Or, oh, this is a 
this is an old, you know, slow process or whatever. And I think that it's people that think about systems like I do. We talked about this while we were, while we were writing the, the uh, white paper, you know, and I've done a presentation on the white paper internally and talked about how, you know, you need uh, sort of fearless, curious puzzle solvers, people that like to take a, you know, they, they, it's like, that's what they wake up in the morning is to like, how can we do this better? My husband hates this about me because I, I do that. <laughs> I do that at home too, you know, but so having some folks that think that way and who are naturally gregarious and not shy like myself, you know, to, to speak their minds. And I'm not afraid of saying silly things and having people at the bank go, no, 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 you're crazy. We can't do that. Mm -hmm. Better to say it and get that response than never to ask to begin with. Right. So I think that oftentimes it takes a person or some people sort of making that noise, not taking themselves too seriously and throwing things up against the wall to see if they stick. Right. And you got to have thick skin because some things aren't going to work. And sometimes they make perfect sense and they still aren't going to be adopted. They're not going to be allowed for whatever mm -hmm. reason. Right. So I think I think that's really it. Just looking at things always with a perspective of. I might not know everything about this. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. I love that. I agree. Although I don't know if. I could do that at home, but yes, I, I, I hear you love it. So thank you for joining me. Let me wrap this up and really thank you that you, you, you were instrumental in the whole new role of operations paper. And, and I don't know if I thanked you enough for that, but thank you. You did. Uh, on behalf thank you. Sure. On behalf of me, Jen, uh, and our guest, Linda Cooper from Gorham Savings, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning into this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about payments, you can find the Wrestling Phoenix podcast on niche.org podcast page or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. Please continue leaving a review. Reviews help us develop the episodes. We, you know, we can go on to any topics based on your reviews. So if you have something you're interested in, please let us know. And we look forward to having you back next week to continue the rest, uh, wrestling with big questions uh, folks are facing in the payments industry. Thank you. On behalf of Nietzsche, your trusted resource in payments, and our guests, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more about payments innovation and modernization, you can find the Wrestling Payments Podcast on the podcast page of Nietzsche.org or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Just search for Wrestling Payments in your podcast app. Thanks for listening.